Welcome back to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Vermont Pierre of Urban Theologian Radio, filling in for Tom Brown. We've been talking with Leon Brown, a Presbyterian church planner in Virginia, about local church ministry, diversity within local church, and many other things related to that. Uh, Leon, again, great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Uh, so, Leon, uh, you are in an urban context, is that correct? I guess it depends how you define urban. We are in the city, um, and where our church is is located, we actually rent from another um, church facility because uh, our service is at two. They have their services in the in the a.m. And right where the church is 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 positioned, the church building, it's it's just a great location because you literally drive 20 seconds north of the church. You're in middle upper class upper class uh, area. You drive. 15, 20 seconds south, you're in uh, apartments, um, welfare, uh, Section 8. So, I mean, we are right in the middle of, of a diverse area, both uh, socioeconomically, but also ethnically and culturally. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think it's, it reinforces the point you made in the previous segment, uh, you know, an opportunity for your church in the middle of all that to represent uh, sort of the one thing we really believe can truly bring people together at the, at the heart level. So it's not just, you know, bringing people together in the way that a movie theater might bring people together. You know, this is real community being brought together. Absolutely, and we love it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, too, one, one of the things just worth pointing out, when we mean diversity, I mean, we've been thinking mostly about uh, ethnic diversity, but uh, one of the things that you've listed on your mission statement is, you know, socioeconomic and generational as well, that uh, you're not uh, you're not looking just to plant a church for sort of young, cool people, but uh, you really want to uh, plant a church for, for the poor, for, for the elderly, for, uh, you know, that, that really, again— captures the, the the people who are actually living there. It's easy to miss the fact that there's there's more people living in, in the areas that we live in besides sort of young 20-somethings. Absolutely. You know, there's one thing that's missing on that statement, and when we were gearing up for our first service last October, this was brought to my attention, and I've been trying to work on it ever since. So uh, we, we see the, the ethnic diversity in our community because, obviously, someone's skin might be lighter or darker than others, uh, though that doesn't necessarily mean they're ethnically mm. different. But culturally, we see it in the music they listen to, the way they dress, socioeconomically, where they live, their jobs. But something that confronted me early on was intellectual diversity. Mm. Sometimes within Reformed churches, uh, you, you have, you have just it, it's, it's homogeneity across even the educational yeah. lines. So, you know, everyone has a bachelor's degree or, or they're working toward it. Everyone has a master's degree, uh, perhaps Ph.D., maybe they're doctors or lawyers. But that not only struck me, but what else confronted me was there were families who were considering us who had children who were mentally, um, I'm not even sure the proper word to use, mentally uh, restricted, yeah. impaired, things like that. And they felt uncomfortable in standard church settings because maybe their child would, would lash out, you know, audibly or things like that. And I thought, wow. I miss that element. There are people in our community who might have, you know, mental um, incapabilities that I just thought, man, we got to reach them too. Yeah, yeah. What I love that is that, uh, I mean, it's a rule of belief that the gospel actually does apply to all people, and that our churches um, should try to reach all the peoples that in the, in the areas that we're that we're in. Um, that uh, amen. That's part of the calling of uh, what a local church should really be. Um, you know, Leon. Another thing I know you care a lot about is evangelism, and. Uh, in some ways, this is sort of a personal thing for me because I'm always thinking to myself, man, how can I be more evangelistic? And, and uh, you know, sort of secretly following you in various social media, I, I see that you, you think about it a lot. Like you actually uh, you pray about who you might sit next to, you know, in an airplane. Well, I might be thinking uh, personally, man, this is a good ch ch chance for me to do some reading. Um, 
you know, you this is something I know you often you, you care about. You do you you actually go to places and and have done this in the past of preach the gospel at different corners, street corners, and that type of thing. Love for you to to talk a little bit about uh, sort of evangelism for you and why why it's so so important for sort of the ministry and the the Christian life you live. Yeah, to talk about the, the latter question, why is it so important? Um, I, I, I don't even want to think about where I'd be uh, if Christ didn't save me, and that happened through someone inviting me to church. Uh, and so knowing what the Lord does to my, or does and did to my heart, taking it from a place, you know, as, as the Scriptures say, from a place of, of having a, a heart like stone to a heart of flesh, I, I can't contain that. I mean, I have got to tell other people this good news. Hmm. And so I, I, I do that, like you mentioned on, on airplanes. You said, you know, maybe you might want to get some reading done. Oh, I, I think that too. And so uh, I try to do both. As a matter of fact, I'll try <laughs> to take a book to read that not only will be interesting to me, but might catch the interest of the person uh, sitting next to me. That's <laughs> great. Uh, and maybe that will be an entryway, kind of Colossians 4, uh, verses 5 and 6, and 6, an entryway into talking about Jesus. Yeah, and so um, I just try to take advantage of, of 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 every opportunity that I have. I don't do it perfectly, but what I would suggest to others, uh, because we we're not all built the same, uh, I do think there is a mandate for every believer to be a witness to the person and work of Christ. But that might not look the same. I don't expect my wife to get up on a soapbox on the street corner with me. Hmm. Uh, but I do expect her to, uh, as again Colossians chapter four verses five and six suggest, or even command, for her to be that witness when when other unbelievers are around her and they might be saying certain things. She is to make sure her her words are, are seasoned with salt and grace, so that she might enter that conversation and change it, so to speak, into a gospel conversation. But the first thing I do for for anyone, pray. Yeah. Pray that God would give you opportunities. Uh, John's epistle says that if we pray anything according to his will, he not only hears us, but he answers us. So that might be a scary prayer. (laughs) But pray. Pray that God would give us opportunities and then keep our eyes open. And the second thing I would say is there is no shame in just inviting people to church. Huh. A lot of people think, oh, I got to just tell you know the person about Jesus right then and there, and and anything else you know is is substandard. No, I would say, uh, don't forget. our evangelism is not just about individuals. Our evangelism is a corporate event. Hmm. And so you might be able to participate in that corporate event by saying, hey, sir, or maybe you're talking to a neighbor, say, will you come to church with me on, on Sunday? That's all you say. That's all that was said to me. And when I got to church, the pastor preached the word, and my heart was changed. Yeah. And so I think, again, praying, but also realizing that God has given us certain gifts, and evangelism is a corporate event. And mm-hmm. so take advantage of the church corporately gathered on Sunday, too. Yeah, I mean, it just uh, reinforces the significance of being part of local churches. That, uh, um, And I think you're almost demystifying a little bit that uh, a lot of it is, is, is sharing what should be on your heart, uh, the amazing nature of God saving us by His grace, um, but also uh, drawing people into to your life as a Christian, and one of the most powerful witnesses is the local church. And if your local church is diverse, you instantly will have opportunities to talk to people because uh, they will notice uh, and they'll want to know more about how does how is it that all these people are together in the same space? And I think too that the uh, not only the diversity speaks to to just the, the amazing power of the gospel, but I also think that uh, at least in my experience. So again, I, I don't want to say this too generally, but as Christians, we sometimes uh, only hang out with other Christians. Hmm. And I've challenged uh, my church to say, you know, talk to those on your street. 
and, and maybe you haven't had someone on your street into your house uh, for a meal. Go apologize to that person and say, I don't even know you. Will you come over to my home and have a meal with my family? And so I think just spending time with uh, non-Christians will actually give us the opportunity to talk about Jesus, because surely in most of our houses there's a Bible sitting somewhere or a cross somewhere. Mm. They're going to see that. And I'm not saying this in the bait-and-switch model. I'm saying love your neighbor and watch God work. Yeah, amen. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinini on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Ramon Pierre of Urban Theologian Radio. I'm actually a local church pastor here in Phoenix as well, Roosevelt Community Church in downtown Phoenix. Happy to fill in for Tom Brown and especially happy to talk with Leon Brown, a church planner with the PCA, uh, planning uh, Crown and Joy Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Crownandjoychurch.com. Uh, Did I say that right? I'm not sure if I said that right. Crownandjoy.com. Oh, just okay. Crownandjoy.com. Uh, at Pastor Leon Brown is the Twitter if you want to follow Leon and uh, be involved in his work and, and hopefully even support what he's doing. Um, one of the things that you, you just mentioned there you know, got me thinking, um, I, I, just the necessity of building those friendships and those relationships across lines that, um, uh, of people who are not like you. And one of the things that I am concerned a little bit about in this day and age is that you know, we, we are increasingly building sort of relationships, friendships, um, communities with people who are just like us, you know, who think like us, who talk like, like us, who believe the same things that we do. Um, and I think what you're pressing towards is that, uh, you know, if we're going to do evangelism and you're going to do evangelism in the areas that you live and work, there's going to be lots of people who are not like you. And so that requires sort of pushing beyond, um, you might say, the bubble of, 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 of which you, uh, you're most comfortable in entering into the world of people who you may very much disagree with on a particular social political issue, um, but uh, they desperately need the gospel. You're absolutely right. Uh, they need the gospel like, like anyone else. I mean, before I kind of just quickly kind of get into that whole area about witnessing to those who are unlike us, I, I first want to say, and I was just reminded of this, uh, I want to thank you, thank your pastoral staff uh, uh, at Roosevelt Community for supporting us. Huh, uh, you guys support us as a church plan, and I'm so thankful for that, as well as uh, thankful for having the opportunity to share a few things on this radio broadcast. Um, but in terms of, of, of reaching out to those who are unlike us, I actually find it uh, exciting uh, because it gives me the opportunity to learn about other people. I, I, being African-American male, I don't even know anything about everything. It's not anything, but everything about all African-Americans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to be able to sit down with other uh, African-Americans, to sit down with, with uh, Anglo brothers and sisters, and the, I'm talking about uh, non-Christians, um, uh, Indian, or, I mean, uh, you just name it. It's exciting to sit down with others. And one of the things that takes the, a little bit of the fear away from getting to know others who are unlike us across various lines, uh, non-Christians, is saying, I'm going to take the position of being desirous to actually just learn. Just learn from people. Tell me, you know, I, again, I said that I challenged my church with this, and I said, let's not forget how to interact with non-Christians. <laughs> you know, God gives common grace, you know, so let's talk to them. You know, what do you do for a living? How, what do you like to do for hobbies? What are your favorite foods? What, you know, do you, do you like sports? Do you not like sports? Will you, will you tell me more about yourself? I mean, I know sometimes we can get caught up in, oh, I just don't want to say the wrong thing so that the other person would get offended. And, and that's a real... Um, threat, or that we have to be concerned about that. But what I like to do sometimes is kind of lighten the load by saying, hey, I, you know, especially if I'm talking to someone who's unlike me ethnically, culturally, I, I might say something as frank as, you know, hey, I don't want to offend you, so will you just tell me if I've said anything wrong? And, and I'll be quick to say I'm sorry. Yeah. 
And, and that just kind of lightens the, the, the mood a bit. And then I can just learn from people and love people. I mean, so much of this isn't uh, thinking you have to uh, memorize all these different things and say all these sorts of different things in a row as if it's some canned presentation. It's it's sharing a life, hopefully, that is uh, saturated, that's, that's built on the gospel. And by God's grace, God can use it. God can use you to save people that you never would expect to be saved. Um, and so praise God, he's always doing it. If you're just, uh, well, if you're tuning in right now, you are listening to Koinia Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. We're about to go to break. I'm Ramon Pierre filling in for Tom Brown. We've been talking with Leon Brown, PCA church planner in Virginia. And we'll be back in a few minutes.